ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another rendition of Back to the 80s, hosted by yours truly, Toscano and Chang. Chang here, and of course, neither one of us could do the show solo. Why? Because solo fun is not as fun as a duet. I bring you the greatest Italian out of Santa Fe Springs, the only Italian that I have ever respected more than Chef Boy RD, the man of many faces, voices, yes. and yes, ass kissing. I give you Tusky Toscano. How are you this evening? My good friend, I am wide awake and working. It's great to be behind the mic here on the greatest 80s radio show in the world. And of course, we have to thank no other our 80s fans. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to the Back to the 80s radio show every single Friday. We have some great things coming up. Uh, first of all, at the end of this month, the Friday before Halloween, we are going to be having our Halloween show. So make sure you tune in because we are going to be talking about the scariest movies, the scariest music, and frankly, the scariest experiences we've ever had from the 1980s. You don't want to miss that show. A reminder to everybody listening through any platform, we just want to ask you guys to leave us a review wherever you listen to us. We appreciate it. As much as I appreciate Chang's hand gestures through the camera right now. A big shout out, of course, as we always do to everybody listening here in the United States. Every country that listens to us, uh, whether you're in Mexico, Canada, Central South America, Europe, the Middle East, to all those people in the war over there in Ukraine. We have a guest that is a fellow rock and roller as myself, a fellow sexy long hair as myself, a fellow rocker who probably would agree with me in saying that most of your songs suck. Wow. Okay. Well, the hate starts early, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck Duran, the lead guitarist and co-founder of the mashup band Sensation Rock Sugar. Put all your plans to the side because there's going to be a lot of Toscano and Chang banter. A lot of back to the 80s banter and a lot of rock sugar. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on the one and only back to the 80s radio show. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Shadow Stevens, and you must listen to Back to the 80s Radio. It's the law. Shot through the heart, and you're to blame. You give love a bad name.
love tonight. From the album Reinventor, that was Rock Sugar and the amazing mashup, You Give Your Love a Bad Name. Our special guest today is the lead guitarist and co-founder of this sensational band, Rock Sugar, and is recognized as LA's and now Florida's most sought-after voiceover producer and director, the one and only Chuck Duran. Chuck, I want us to get right into this. So let's go back to a magical time that started off somewhere in the 80s for you. I don't know where. Where were you and how did this all come to be? Just to go back, really back. So when I was 13 years old, I moved from Florida to Los Angeles. My sister had gotten married and she's much older than I am. Um, She had a couple of kids. She moved to L.A. And I convinced my parents to let me move to L.A. with her if she would have me and help her out and stuff, because that's where rock and roll was, right? All the magazines that I used to read uh, back then um, said, man, if you're not in L.A., forget about it. So I convinced her to let me come to Los Angeles and live there. And I was 13 years old. And I remember that. And that's all I did. So there was no voiceover then. I didn't even know what voiceover was, right? So it was just all about music. I was 13 and I wanted to be a rock star. That's all I knew. And uh, and so, you know, I started, uh, uh, you know, forming a band, you know, and, and talking to some people that I met in school. And I was really shy. So this was painful for me. I'm not shy anymore, but I was really shy. And so I would ask people, Hey man, you, do you know, like a rock singer, you know, somebody like, you know, maybe Robert Plant or, you know, and, and yeah, somebody and, like that, you know, do you know, yeah, some, yeah, you know yeah. there's gotta be a, a couple of them, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and believe it or not, I, I, I met this one guy in school who said, yeah, I actually do. I know this one guy who's exactly like Robert Plant. He's amazing. And then the very next day when I went to school, I saw this long haired dude running after this dude that told me he knew the, uh, uh, this Robert Plant guy putting whipped cream all over him and stuff. And they were like, you know, horsing around and having a good time. And then he comes over to me and he goes, Hey, Chuck, this is my friend Jess who sounds like Robert <laughs> Plant. And then they take off again. I'm like, what? Um, and eventually, so this is Jess and Jess is, Jess Harnell, right? Who is wow. huge in the voiceover world yeah. now, um, in, in, uh, in animation and all that stuff. Well, Jess and I, from a very young age, became really great friends. And, and we, you know, we started our first band ever back in the eighties. And this was like just before like Van Halen came out. Okay. Okay. So maybe 82, 83. You know what, dude? I don't even know the exact year, but I know that it was just before Van Halen came out. And I don't know if you can remember back then, but when Van Halen 1 came out, that record, it was like the world was flipped upside down. Sure. You know, everything that you knew about rock and roll had changed forever. And I remember the first time I heard Van Halen on the radio. No, 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 no. I, that's not how it happened. So my drummer at the time... I came to a rehearsal and he says, dude, sit down. And I sat down. He goes, you got to hear this. And he puts on a record and he puts on eruption um, by Eddie Van Halen. Cause he had gotten the record. I didn't know anything about Van Halen until this point. And then he puts it on and I listened to it and I go like, 
what the hell is that? I literally, my brain exploded, right? So then I went out and bought that record right away. And, uh, and not so, so my memory of the eighties is nothing but like great music, fun times, um, uh, happy times. Um, we were in a really, really weird situation because my only responsibility was school, right? Because yeah. I was so young. And then everything else, if you got everything done in school, then you could just do whatever you want. You know, those were different times. You know, people weren't trying to kill you when you left your house. <laughs> you know, yeah. cars weren't trying to run you over. You know, this was back in the day when you could stick your finger out and hitchhike and some nice person. No, somebody will pick, pick you up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going three miles down the road to blah, blah. Sure. Come on in. I'll take you. You know, yeah. and it was uh, and it was cool. It was fine. You, you, no, nothing could happen. Um, and uh, but man, that's my first recollection of like when I was like, oh, my God, this is the 80s. Because right after that, I got so into, you know, you know, metal and all those, you know, uh, 80s metal bands. And, and then all of a sudden, one after the other just started coming out. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, what's happening here? Um, and uh, and so that's my first recollection of like 80s the 80s in a nutshell was the soundtrack of our life if we grew up then totally. and music was just such a big part of all of our lives we grew up with it and it's so ingrained in our soul it's music that i believe that was yeah. still ahead of its own time not only that mario i mean when you think about it and you know i know that you know maybe other people say this about genres that they like but you know i like all genres of music now you know we're older so we've learned to appreciate a little bit of everything right i mean you know rap r&b metal you know uh rock punk you know jazz blues whatever it's like if it's good we learn to to recognize it but one thing that i that i can say and i know that you that you would say this too is that the bands from our era, you know, those, those seventies and eighties, right. Yeah. Um, they had a signature about them. You know what I mean? Nobody like nobody sounded like Zeppelin. Right. Except for Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, nobody sounded like Van Halen except for Van Halen or Aerosmith or ACDC. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it was amazing how every single band had its own sound and identity and, 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 and style. And nowadays, you know, I don't feel, I feel that we're kind of lacking that, you know, because there's good music out there, but every time that a new band comes out, whether it's rock or, you know, uh, indie or, or, or whatever, I'm always thinking, man, it's good. And the song is good and the music's good and the performances are good, but Anybody could do that song. That's something very important. The identity of these bands back then that you can hear a band. For example, you can hear the intro to uh, U2's Where the Streets Have No Name or, or With or Without You. You knew that was U2. If you heard the intro to Jump, oh, my goodness, those synths come on. You started, you go, that's Van Halen. Exactly. For us in the 80s, it was all the first time we were hearing this stuff. It was new. It was new for the people in the 80s. It was new for the people that grew up in the 70s, 60s, and 50s. It, our music was brand new. It, there wasn't anything like it. What we have today is no longer new. No, it's old. 
it, there's a confusion today. Now you need 11 to 12 writers to write one paragraph or one one line of a song. Totally. And back then it was just so, so different. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got the awesome Chuck Duran, who's going to tell us a lot more. So stay tuned. <laughs> You remember the first time you tried these games? Space Cadet. But with practice, Captain Galaxy. And when you first tried Coke, I bet you said, no, thank you. But hey, 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 let's try Coke again. Because once you got that new wave taste, you want to try it again and again and again. Practice makes perfect. Catch the wave, the Coke. Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Che. You're listening to Back to the 80s Radio. We are back with Chuck Duran from VO Buzz Weekly, Demos at Rock, and the amazing rock band Rock Sugar. Chuck, you told me you wanted to be a rock star in the 80s. How far did that go, let's say, transition to the 90s? Well, it listen, it went you know, as far as we could possibly take it. Um, we made a few albums, mostly released overseas. Um, we did some recordings in the United States, you know, with uh, with some big record companies. In fact, we were recording demos when record companies were looking at us. Was they were thinking of signing us. When Motley Crue was like next door recording, you know, uh, one of their records. Um, so it was really that era where it's like, if you were in a recording studio, one of the main ones, man, you were like some, some of the main bands were in there recording all the time, but we never made it really freaking big. You know, we never made it to, we never became like, like rock stars. You know what I mean? Until years later, um, like 10 years ago. So my buddy, Jess Harnell and I were literally on vacation on an island with an acoustic guitar. And we were doing like acoustic sets during the day. The island gave us everything for free. You know what I mean? We could stay there for free. We could eat for free. We could go scuba diving for free. And during this time, you know, we were talking and stuff and we said, Hey man, what would happen if like these rock and roll dudes got stuck, were stranded in the middle of a deserted island with nothing but a 13-year-old girl's CD pop collection, right? Like these metal dudes are stranded with nothing but pop records. And so we had this idea of creating something that mashed 80s pop with 80s metal, and we got them drunk. And so that was the beginning of, of a band called Rock Sugar. And if anybody out there hasn't heard of Rock Sugar, I encourage them to go to YouTube and just hit Rock Sugar and you will see tons of songs, tons of videos, that band. So we, we made a record of this stuff and, uh, we put one of the videos on, on, on YouTube and it went viral like instantly. And so. A week later, we got a call from uh, Par uh, Paradigm, and they said, hey, you know, are you guys signed with anybody? And we said, no. And by the way, at this point, we were doing this for fun, right? And we were like, no, 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 no. And they go, well, we'd like to fly you out, and we'd like to meet you. And we're like, oh, okay. So we flew out to Nashville and met with these guys. 
And they gave me an acoustic guitar when we got there. And it was just me and Jess. And they go, you know that song you guys have on YouTube right now? And, I, and we go, yeah. And he goes, play it. Sing it. <laughs> we said, okay, well, it's going to sound a little different than it does on YouTube. He goes, that's okay. And we did it. And Jesse and I were doing the harmonies. And Jesse's such a, an amazing singer, man. And so we did it. And by the way, that song is a mashup between Don't Stop Believing and Enter Sandman. So it's called Don't Stop the Sandman played that they loved it they signed us on the spot and our first show with that band was opening up for aerosmith and then we opened up for lincoln park and then we opened up for acdc and then we opened up for def leppard and it was nothing but opening up for these gigantic freaking mega bands from the 80s you know what i mean and so at that point we were like oh my god like this is it like what we wanted back then as little kids, we're actually getting now and we're on these stages with literally 30, 40,000 people, um, uh, you know, playing all over the world and playing this music that everybody loves. So I remember the first time that we went to England to play over there in front of like 30,000 people. I was like, nobody, how is anybody going to know who Rock Sugar is? Like, and buddy, when we got there, the freaking crowd goes nuts. And we started, you know, we opened up with that Inner Sandman song and they're singing along and the crowd's going crazy. So basically Rock Sugar became the ultimate, the ultimate opening act for all these metal bands. In fact, I remember there was an interview that I read with Vince Neil from Motley Crue because we did a show with him and they asked Vince, hey, what's your new favorite band? And Vince Neil says, my new favorite band is Rock Sugar. Nice. How'd that make you feel when you heard Dude, that? It was amazing because, you know, now it's like, you know, listen, we didn't write any of the stuff, but we did. We did craft it. Like when you hear the stuff on YouTube, the crafting of, 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 of these songs mashed in and out. And some songs are like three songs or four songs mashed. Together, we play all the instruments, we sing all the, nothing is is lifted off a record or anything like that. In fact, um, Jesse is so good mimicking singers that we got, we well, one of the singers tried to sue us. I'm not going to say who it was, but they tried to sue us because they said, hey, you guys are using my voice on that song. And we were like, well, actually, no, we're not. That's our singer, Jesse. He's really good, man. And he's like, no, I don't wow. believe that. That's my voice. I, I know my voice anywhere, and that's my voice. So we had to send him forensic recording files of just sure. just singing that the song. And finally, they were like, oh, my God, it sounds exactly like me. And so they got really mad at us. But he was the only one. Everybody else, all the other bands were like, awesome. This is so great. We love it, man. Um, so... That was rock stardom to the T. I mean, couldn't get more rock star than that, right? And then after that, that's when, and, and, and by the way, this was when voiceover was already rocking and rolling for us. But see, my life and Jess's life has always been like very interactive. You know, like we've always sure, done, sure. we've gone through all the good and all the bad together from little kids, you know, 13, 14 year old kids to like now. Uh, you were like the, the like the real Bill and Ted's excellent you know, adventure, dude. That's exactly what it is, right? Yeah, it's Bill and Ted, you know. Um, and uh, and so back then, I remember when he, you know, uh, when he started doing voiceover. This was way before Rock Sugar. He started doing voiceover, and he got he got this huge gig, like the voice of Roger Rabbit, right, um, for Disney. And uh, the the uh, people, Disney said, hey, okay, great. You're now the new voice of Roger Rabbit, but we can't pay you unless you have an agent. So go get an agent, 
pick one of these three. They're the top three in town. And he met with all three and, you know, he went with one of them and his agent said, you need an animation demo, man. Right. And he said, okay, great. Can you give me like three or four animation demos that you feel are really stellar? So I know what I need to bring you. And they said, sure. And they gave him, you know, some demos they thought were like, you know, top 10. And he brought them to me and he goes, you need to make me an animation demo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause I had all the gear. I got all the microphones, everything. So I listened to the stuff he brought me and I was like, Oh my God, this is horrible. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought these demos were like horrendous cause we're making records. You know what sure. I mean? And these demos are being produced in like, you know, a little reel to reel machine with nothing else. And so we produced this animation demo and his agent, when he got it, he literally said, this is the best animation demo I have ever heard who produced this and he said well that was chuck duran he's my buddy and he's the best wow and so now i have agencies calling me saying hey can you produce a demo for you know kind of like their top tier clients yeah, right yeah. can you produce a demo for this guy and a demo for that guy and a demo for this guy and all different genres right and so i had to learn the ropes of the voiceover world really really fast i was like submerged into it by accident and uh and then eventually i was like i really love this man and i said to myself okay if I'm going to be doing this in the voiceover world, I don't want to be like, you know, one of the good guys. I want to be like the guy. Exactly. And I, know, I know that that's bold, but, you know, I didn't want to be mediocre or I didn't want to be doing something. I'm Yeah, I'm just kind of doing it for money. I'm like, the heck with that. If I'm going to be doing it, I want to be the guy. I want people to to know who I am worldwide and I want to work with big giant talent and and that's what I want to do. I want to go big or go home. And so that's what happened. So 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 producing demos and really 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 and by the way this is something that I just have to say. During this time I was and maybe a lot of people out there will be able to relate with this, but during this time I was battling a little bit because here's the musician creative side of me saying oh man you know music is 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 my love and 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 producing it and writing it and and you know i had been doing you know music for like you know tv shows and and movies and and commercials and things like that and and then that took a turn because the money used to be really great there and then all of a sudden it just went away yeah. Like, remember, yeah. you remember back then everything had a jingle. Sure. Well, nothing has a jingle now. Yeah. You know what? That's funny because when we play the commercials uh, on Back to the 80s radio or on our K-Hits radio, every commercial that we play from the 80s, I, I go, wait a second. That's different. There's a jingle for everything. Yeah. There was a jingle for everything. And so there was a lot of money in that. And I was doing that. Right. And then all of a sudden, man, that started going away. And I was like, damn. So then I'm doing, then I, that's when I flip flopped into the whole, you know, producing voiceover and all that. And, but I was still battling myself because I still wanted to be a rock star. I still wanted to be, you know, to be a musician. And oh, what are you? Oh, I'm a musician. I'm a music producer. I'm a writer, you know, and just be that until, until that one day came when I heard, I read this little poem and uh, not even a poem. It was just a little saying. Yeah that somebody had on a, on a, on a frame. And it said, wherever you're planted bloom. Right. And for me, that hit me really, really hard because that's when I kind of like divided what I wanted to do 
with where I was at the time. And I just said, and that's when I said, okay, great. Well, if I'm doing this and this is what I'm supposed to do, then I'm going to bloom. I'm not going to be like one of the guys. I want to be like the guy. And so I set out to do that and I did, you know, and I, and I loved it because, you know, through this whole thing, so much happiness has come my way. And then when I wasn't looking for becoming a rock star, right, then it happened. Wow. Right. Yeah. With yeah. rock sugar. Sure. And isn't that the way things happen with, with, you know, Murphy's law, right? When you want something so bad and you do everything you can, and sometimes man thinks it's getting your way and it doesn't happen. And when you say, you know what, whatever, and you put your attention somewhere else, all of a sudden the other thing comes knocking at your door and says, Hey, well, what about me? Yeah. Here, yeah. I can do this for you. I'll do this. I'm over here. I'll give you this. It's you funny. Know? It's sort of like you were years in preparation to do this by being in music. And it it gave you uh, a lot of the skills, but most of it, of course, it's natural talent that you have. Because, look, I know a lot of people who claim they can do, you know, demos, whether it be music or voiceover, specifically voiceover. But you have something that's very rare. (laughs) So and it is just incredible and amazing talent to know what is because everything you do is custom for the for the artist. And then you know exactly what they need and that you direct them in a certain way. And then when that demo comes out, when you f- have that finished product, it is literally five diamond. It wows people. Thank you, man. Well, I appreciate that. And 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 by the way, that is by design. So it, that's not an accident, right? I really wanted to do that. I, I remember t- asking myself, so as a demo producer, what is my job? And then my job became, okay, my job is to help people make their voiceover dreams come true. I know it sounds cheesy, but that's exactly what my job description was to me. Um, I need to help these people in any way that I can. I need to help them reach their goals, get a new agent, get to that, you know, level up their voiceover business, whatever it is, right? Um, so I went all out and because I helped so many thousands of people do that. I got to the point where I didn't have to advertise. Like I don't have to go to voiceover seminars to advertise my business. I don't have to, you know, run ads here or there or, you know, because it's all word of mouth. I have every agent in town referring me to people. I have people that I've worked with that I've, you know, helped, you know, gain, you know, uh, uh, refer me to people that they meet. Um, and, and, and so you get to the point where it's just like, you know that you're doing things for the right reasons, you know? Um, and, and that's what I love because now, like I said, you know, I'm happy. I can divide my time. I know that I'm doing things for the right reason. I know I'm going to make money, but so money is no longer like, like a factor, you know, like a thought is like, oh man, I got to make money. So I got to get a client. It's not like yeah, that. Yeah. So now my focus is just on, okay, who am I helping today? And what can I do? We are talking with Chuck Duran, owner, head producer, director. Now, are you still with World Digital Studios? Is that your studio still? Well, yeah, it's my studio. Uh, That's World Digital is kind of like my umbrella company. Okay. And then then underneath that company falls, you know, 
um, uh, Demos at Rock, right? Which Demos is my at Rock, voiceover yeah. demo company. And then also VO Buzz Weekly, um, which is my uh, podcast slash video show. Like you called it like Jimmy Kimmel, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost like it's got that vibe. And it's all about the voiceover industry. Um, and, and, and people like, I can't believe that some people don't even know about this thing because we have over 400 video interviews on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, VOBuzzWeekly.com, uh, is our website as well. And we have interviewed literally the top of the top in the voiceover industry from producers to agents, to directors, to, uh, casting directors, to talent. Like every talent and every genre that you can think of. And the things that we asked them is, are the things that people out there in the voiceover world would want to know, right? I'm um, in order for them to have uh, some success. But the common denominator, the common denominator is that they never quit. You can ask them all these things that, you know, some per people had a hard time making it, man. They were living in their car. They had odd jobs and all kinds of crazy stuff. And they wanted to quit so many times, but they didn't. And then one day, bam, they made it big. And, and that was it. And that was the thing. And that was the one thread that I loved hearing about. It's like, wow, never quit on your dream. You know what I mean? Cause if, if it's really a dream, man, just keep freaking doing it. And, and if you're great, then it's going to work out. You heard it here from Chuck Duran, VO Buzz Weekly, and Demos That Rock. If you want Demos That Rocks, then you go to demosthatrock.com. Email me through there, and uh, then we'll get the conversation started. I will say this, prerequisite. I don't just do a demo for just anybody. If you're thinking of getting into the voiceover industry, you should be coaching first, you know, learn, learn. I mean, it's like, you know, imagine going to a skateboarding contest and you've never, you know, rode a skateboard before. It's not going to go well. Well, same thing here. Voiceover is not get rich quick, but if you treat it like a business, it will pay you like no other business. Uh, there's definitely a lot of money to be made, but you need to learn your skills, you know? And some people are like, well, I have this really great voice, you know, wouldn't I be great for voiceover? Maybe. It's not about the voice anymore. You know, now it's about being relatable, being real, being authentic, you know, and if you can be in front of a microphone, read copy, I'm, I'm going to rephrase the read copy, act copy, because it's voiceover acting, not voiceover reading, right? So you need to be acting, which means you can't sound like you're reading. Uh, but you need to display yourself. You need to be you. You need to be genuine. And that's really what's most important. And on top of that, if you have a great voice, then now that's icing on the cake. One thing, Chuck, that is going to stay with me is what you just mentioned a little while ago about not giving up, because I think that's the number one killer of most people's dreams. Chuck Duran, thank you so much for spending time. I hope that the next time we want to have you along with a couple of rockers on on the show and uh, and just talk rock from from the 80s dude that would be awesome i mean who gets sick of talking about 80s rock i mean come on first of all i have to say something mario thank you for taking me back to the 80s <laughs> a little rock sugar song here this is called don't stop the sandman by rock sugar check it out
Welcome. This is the one and only Back to the 80s radio show. We are going to be kicking off a series of shows on the history of 80s music. You know, the music started changing. People started noticing all the changes. It was a time of definite change. Technology, culture, world events, they all came together to form one of the most innovative decades that has ever passed. Things were uncertain. You remember people were talking about war going on. Enter 1980. It was the advent of synthesizers, drum programmed machines. They created a whole new sonic environment. It was a decade of competitiveness in music. Everybody started going at each other's throat. You know, I remember rockers used to go at each other to see who had the greatest riff. Yes, you, and you also had rocker against rocker during an era of metal with the glam metal uh, against the, I would like to say, ass-kicking metal, where you had uh, two types of different male machismo testosterone flowing, those who favored big hair, uh, tight clothing, moose, aquanet, wearing clothes that look like women and makeup. And then you had the metal where you had just regular long hair, sneakers, torn up Levi's, leather jackets, get in the pit. I don't wear makeup. And no, I don't dance. You know, those types like me. Similar to decades before, the genres of music started getting more defined. There was a clear, distinct line between genres, between the rock star, the pop star, and the R&B balladist. All these different genres, they coexisted at the intersection of music. And they were rarely mixed, unlike today where you don't even know what is what. You knew what you were listening to. When you, you know, when you went to uh, an R&B station, you knew what you were going to be listening to. If you went to a metal, all metal station, you knew what you're going to be listening to. There was a value in music. Oh, man. I mean, the, the pop area could hit everybody. I mean, Def Leppard was bitten by the pop. Uh, Aerosmith kind of uh, danced into the pop. Uh, you had Madonna, who was dancing all over the pop. And Madonna, the queen of her style of music uh, and the choreography and the sex appeal and the dancing. Pop music was Phil Collins, who originally was with Genesis. Tiffany, of course, in the pop. I mean, pop was everywhere. Belinda Carlisle left the Go-Go's to go pop. Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, all, all from even artists that were really, really popular in bands in the 70s, for example, then became, uh, then became soloists. For example, Lionel Richie, Diana Ross. You know, these, these became huge, huge artists oh, in yeah. the 80s after having been huge in the 70s. Bruce Springsteen, correct? Stuff of that. Right. Yeah, and and David Bowie. Oh, who could forget the, the, the late, great David Bowie, who David Bowie alone uh, could be held responsible for such great, fantastic fashion in the 80s. David Bowie forever changed every style from every album. He was like a chameleon of rock and roll. A lot of rockers can't pull that off. You, you don't see the Rolling Stones pulling off something and making it a hit like David Bowie. You didn't see Queen, sadly. You know, we lost Freddie Mercury, so they were not able to 
gravitate to any level of David Bowie. But uh, other bands like we had Roxy Music. You never ever seen them climb to the parallel of David Bowie. David Bowie kind of fed fashion and rock and pop because Bowie back from the 70s, like you just stated, such great artists from the 70s was considered pop back then, but rock. So everything that David Bowie uh, brought out to the table, how many people followed and how many people copied that? That's pop goddess right there. Pop king, kinghood to David Bowie, I, I would say. You know, these are these are things that we're going to be talking about in the next series of shows. But we did want to dabble in a little bit in it. We wanted to get our feet wet to get you ready for what you guys are going to be listening to. Hey, uh, Cheng, one of the other artists that that comes to mind that originally opened up for the Rolling Stones. He is considered to be a rocker. He was considered to be a pop artist and an R&B in a way. And I'm talking about none other than Prince. Ah, Prince. It's excellent that you bring up Prince. Because uh, uh, I heard in an interview, somebody once asked Eric Clapton who he felt the greatest guitar player was alive to this day. Or, in fact, who the greatest guitar player that he thought, because everybody at one time said Eric Clapton is God. Uh, and uh, Eric Clapton said, well, I, I performed with Stevie Ray. He's gone. He was definitely one of the greatest. Uh, he said B.B. King, gone, one of the greatest. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, gone, one of the greatest. He said, then I would have to say Prince, because Prince is underrated as a guitar player. He said, because Prince is kind of taking some styles from Bowie, Hendrix, and incorporated his own sex appeal. He says, but if you break down the music and all the songs that he's written and all the uh, guitar work that he's put into his music, he goes, he's classified as the greatest. So if you want to ask who the greatest guitar player is, he goes, I suggest you go talk to Prince. And uh, when I saw that interview, I thought, well, that's that's nailing it on the head because uh, I'm been a huge fan of Prince and I've listened to everything that he's done from his pop all the way to his rock to his kind of uh, kind of soul kind of uh, a little bit R&B Prince I mean for sure Prince is cut from the same cloth in a Michael Jackson and a David Bowie and a Jimi Hendrix but yet flavored with velvet rose petals sugar and spice I would say the type of artist that Prince is Prince, I think was in a, in a, in a category all by himself in the eighties. I mean, he made the movies, the, the great albums, the tracks that came with those, the sexual style that he had, his sexuality and all the hot women that he slept with. But not only that staying true to the music, everybody that he choreographed and had play with him was a phenomenal instrumentalist and that is because Prince himself was of that from the 1984 album soundtrack album by Prince and the Revolution this is their sixth studio album with a song Purple Rain that was Prince from the Purple Rain album 1984 became Prince's first album to reach number one on the Billboard 200, and it spent 24 consecutive weeks atop of the Billboard 200 for a total of 122 weeks. What a great album, Chang. 
What a great song. What a great artist. There's so much that we can talk about the 80s and so much we still have yet to talk about in the coming weeks in a four or five part series on the history of 80s music. So you don't want to miss a single show. I want to keep reminding you guys to leave those reviews and great comments that you have till now on whatever platform you listen to. It just takes a little moment. Just write us a positive review. We would really appreciate that. Also, uh, we encourage you guys to go to our merchandise page and get yourself a shirt, a hoodie, a phone case, whatever you want. But uh, that would really help us out here on the show to continue everything. And you're going to have some pretty cool uh, shirts and merchandise to tell everybody else about Back to the 80s Radio. In the meantime, don't forget, October 28th, we will be celebrating our Back to the 80s Halloween show. So you don't want to miss that. Lots in store because come November, we're going to be introducing two new shows under the Back to the 80s radio banner, Banging with the Chang. Every Saturday, that's right, listening to the greatest music on earth and another show on Mondays with yours truly, Super Mario. So you don't want to miss that as I go through the greatest albums of all time. In the meantime, thank you for joining us. Keep tuning in to Back to the 80s Radio. Once again, this is Toscano signing out. See you next week. This is the Chang before I release you, and we release you to another Chang-tastic week. Remember, stay positive, stay lifted, stay gifted. Remember, you matter. You have to stand tall because no matter what you look like, where you come from, what you believe in, or what color you are, you are number one and you matter. So until next week, share the show. If there's anything that you want to add to our show, hit us on our social media. Hit us with something of your favorite song, your favorite music, your favorite genre, or anything under the sun as it relates to the 80s. I bid you an adios. Arrivederci. Sayonara. Hasta mañana. Hasta la vista. Hasta luego. And to all my homies from every barrio. Orale. Take me back to the glory.